Hey there. Thank you so much for checking out this message with us at Believer's Chapel. Our prayer is that you have a genuine experience with God and that you're able to connect with him in a deeper way as a result of listening to this message. Thank you again. God bless you. All right, there we are. How's everybody doing? Good, good? So this morning when I was doing my workout routine, um, the second one of the day, um, God was speaking to me, and I'm just kidding, John. I love you, man. You could tell, man. He's, whew, I wish I had that discipline. Anyway, after he makes us all feel horrible about ourselves, <laughs> I'm just messing with you, John. I love you. So anyway, uh, we are st- I'm excited. We're starting our new series today, Upside Down Kingdom. Uh, how many know that we kind of live, it seems like a crazy world, right? Living in an upside down world, it seems like. And uh, we're going to be spending a few weeks in the series, and it's really just basically bringing out some scriptures that seem to be extremely contrary uh, to what, how we live or how the world lives and how the world operates. And some scriptures just seem well, so... Uh, opposite of what we would normally think. And so we're going to bring some of those things out over these next uh, few weeks. And today, uh, I have the privilege of starting. So the name of my message today is called First, question mark. Um, and uh, for those of you that know me and those that don't, I love to be first. So let me just just show you how extreme it is, right? If I'm in a group of people and we're walking somewhere, like on vacation, we just went, you know, on vacation a few weeks ago, and we had to go different places through cities or different things. If I'm not in first, I get anxious. Like, I had to get in first of the line of everybody to kind of guide and lead to make sure uh, everybody knows where to go. Because if I'm not in first, we might go the wrong way. Uh, also, I just like to be first, right? So, uh, same thing in sports, right? I remember years ago, uh, you might have heard this story. Uh, my sister and I had this horrible idea to run a race called the Boilermaker, it's a 15K in Utica, and the day that I ran it, it was 97 degrees out. And, uh, you know, my sister had run it already the year before, and I knew her time. And so I ran this race, and, like, after mile, it's 9.3 miles, right? After mile eight, I have a mile left, and in my mind, all I could think is, I cannot lose to my sister. And so that last mile, I just ran as fast as I could in this 97-mile-hour our degree heat, and I, uh, I, the, the, the result of it, I did beat her just by a couple minutes, but it wasn't worth it because I lost all my marbles and cookies after the race, and, uh, but I was first. I was first. So I made it first, right? And even now, uh, this was years ago, I don't, I don't think I could do the Boilermaker right now, um, but uh, now I play tennis with one of my sons, uh, Ty, he's a tennis player, and you know, I would, last year, he just learned to play a couple years ago during COVID, actually, and I would just, I never let any of my kids win. As, maybe I'm a bad dad, but 
Uh, I don't think so. I think it's training them to be better, right? <laughs> Plus, I want to be first. So, you know, whatever we're playing, he is not going to beat me, in my mind. There's nothing he's going to beat me at, ever. Right? I remember teaching him when he was a little kid, uh, Super Mario Brothers, you know, or Smash Brothers or whatever, you know, little video games. And I, <laughs> I would make sure I'd beat him so bad that he would never want to play the game again. But the problem was that he wants to be first, too. And so Ty, over time, learned how to play these games without my knowledge. Now I can't even come close to him in certain games. And, and, and so the other day, uh, a couple years ago, we were learning how to play tennis, taught him how to play tennis. And uh, he's on a tennis team at school, and he's done pretty well for himself with it. And, but he still couldn't beat me. So this year, he just started beating me. And so now, I'm like, I've got to get in shape because he cannot beat me again. I've got to be first, right? There's an innate uh, desire in a lot of us to be recognized, to be first, right? I was talking to Marcus on the way here, and we we're talking about different sports. And, you know, he's a lacrosse player, and uh, he's about to start soccer here too. And, you know, we we're talking about how there's this, this desire inside of each of us to want to excel, to do well, to do good, right? Whether it's in sports, whether it's in our job, whether it's in music, whether it's uh, whatever in our finances, we want to be first. We want to get to the top. We want to excel. We want to be recognized. We want this, this notoriety, right? Especially, you know, as growing up too, we even want it from our fathers. We need this, this acceptance just to be known that, hey, you've made it or you're doing a good job or um, validation. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Right? Do you feel that way? Am I the only one? How many people in this place are really competitive? Right? How many could care less if you win or not? Right? Some of you, yeah, my daughter, one of my daughters is like that. I don't understand. You know? <laughs> Gracie one time, she, she's a great runner. And one time she was at a, a state cross-country meet, and she came in sixth place. And she was like this eighth grade or something. And like out of like hundreds of these people, and all these different schools came together, she came in sixth place. And she got to the end of the race, and she's like not even breathing hard. And I'm like, Gracie, are you tired? Nah. I said, you probably could have ran faster. She's like, yeah, I know. I don't care. I was <laughs> like, what? What's wrong with you? I don't understand that. Like, run faster. You know, I was like, try to run faster next time, right? You could be first. Meh. Well, anyway, I want to get to the point here, and that is that if you want to be first, then you must be last. Boy, that's a contrary script. That is really counterintuitive, isn't it? That's really hard for me. Is that hard for anybody else? I don't like to be last. I don't like to be, you know, and I just want to kind of put it how Jesus said, all right? And so we're going to turn to our scriptures, Mark chapter 9, verse 33. They came to Capernaum. They is talking about the disciples and Jesus. They're all in their crew. They, uh, you know, just like we do crews, get in a crew. Jesus and his disciples are in a crew. They have a, a, a whole group around them as well. Uh, and when he was in the house, he asked them, what are you arguing about? What were you arguing about on the road? So Jesus is asking his disciples. He hears them bickering in the back behind him somewhere because Jesus is probably first. Just saying. So it, he hears them in the back, and he, they're bickering or whatever. And, uh, you know, he's like, what, what were you guys arguing about? But they kept quiet, the Bible says, because on the way they had argued about who was the greatest. All right, so here we go. Let's just back up just for a second, all right? So here's the disciples, the 12 of them now. 
and they're arguing about who is the best. And can you imagine this discussion? Like Peter saying, guys, everybody knows I'm the best. I'm the rock on which this place is going to be built on. I'm the father of the churches. And, you know, Paul's not even here yet. He's not a disciple yet. So Peter's like, I am, you know, I'm going to write some books, the Bible. I've already seen this prophecy. I am the greatest. And James and John are like, hey, we're the tough brothers. You know, we, we wrestled with each other growing up. We're stronger. We can, you better be quiet. We're going to beat you up right now, right? They're just going at it, right? They're just going, who's the greatest? And then they're like, no, 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 I did the greatest miracle. You haven't done any miracles yet. And they're going, just going back and forth, bickering and arguing about who's the greatest and who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom and who's going to be sitting at Jesus' right hand and who's Jesus' favorite. And then Jesus uh, sits them down, the Bible says, if we go on. And so anyway, this, they're arguing about who is the greatest. So here we have in the scriptures the first trash talkers of all time, the disciples, right? Now, when I play sports, I like to let my, um, my play do the trash talking for me. However, when I play against Bernie or other people, certain people, it's, it's, it's sometimes good to gloat a little bit, right, when you're winning. But when you're not winning, you have to be a little more quiet, right? You're like, you have to kind of take it in. So anybody know? Nobody knows what I'm talking about. Anyway, these guys are trash talking for the first time. Here they are trash talking. Who's the greatest? And Jesus sits them down. And he calls the 12 of them together and says, listen, any of you who wants to be first must be very last and the servant of all. Wait, what? This is totally contrary to everything that's in us, this drive that wants to excel, this drive that wants to be first, this drive that wants to uh, accomplish great things, this drive that wants to, uh, to just lives inside of us, that builds inside of us, that wants to, to lead and to show people what to do, where to go. Why, how can I do this? In Mark chapter 10, the very next chapter, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him and said, Teacher, we want... We, um, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. What do you want me to do for you, he asked, Jesus said. They replied, let one of us sit at your right hand and the other at your left in glory. In other words, we want to be the greatest. We want one of us, when you're in heaven, we want one of us, John on the right, James on the left. And Jesus says, you don't know what you are asking. He says, you don't understand this upside down kingdom. Say, can you drink the cup or be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, you will drink the cup and, uh, and, drink and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with, but to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those who has who, who been prepared for. And when the ten heard about this, the other ten disciples, they became indignant with James and John. Let's stop there for a second. All right, so... James and John now, they didn't get their way a chapter ago, right? No, you got to, if whoever wants to be first must be last. Now they take, they're, they're arguing amongst themselves about who's going to be first. Jesus hears it and says, all right, guys, just look, if you want to be first, you have to be last. And servant of all. And so they're like, okay, yeah, sure, uh, whatever that means. So we're, a chapter later, just down the road a little bit, James and Don, John, John take it upon themselves to go to Jesus and ask firsthand. They're going to like circumvent Peter and all the other disciples and say, Jesus, I think me, my, my brother and myself are the best disciples. Can we sit next to you in glory? 
And so the other, the other disciples are like, what, am I, what, what about me? I've been with Jesus, one of them may say, longer. He chose me first. I want to say, well, I'm the one that's, you know, taking care of all the resources and money. Another one said, I, I, what about me? Why do you guys think you're the greatest? And then Jesus calls them all together. And he says, you know those uh, who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles, lord it over them. And their high officials exercise authority over them. He's talking about how the kingdom of this earth works, how, how um, the soldiers uh, would lord over other people, or governors would rule over other people. We'll get into that more in a, in a bit. He says, but not so with you. Instead, here he goes again, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. So Jesus is not backing down on his statements here. He's reiterating them again for a second time a chapter later. And he's holding his ground and he's telling his disciples, listen guys, I told you already, whoever wants to be first must be last and servant of all. Now he goes a step further and he says, not so whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. Whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. This is totally counterintuitive to everything that they've learned and known and everything that counterintuitive to what we know and living in on planet Earth, right? If you want to be first, you got to excel. you got to work hard. you gotta, you got to be number one. you got to train. you got to do all these things. And Jesus says, whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant. For whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. And then he goes a step further and confirms it with his own life. And he says, for even... The Son of Man, talking about himself, did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. What a beautiful scripture. Counterintuitive, yes. Opposite to how we live most of the time, yes. But one of God's principles that we, if we learn we could glean so much out of this and grow up into his kingdom properly. We need to get this. Let me go on. Matthew chapter 20, one more scripture that says the same thing. This time, instead of uh, the disciples arguing about it, instead of James and John, we have James and John's mother coming to Jesus. <laughs> now the mob comes and says, Jesus, um, he asks a favor of, of Jesus, and Jesus says, what do you want? In verse 21 in Matthew 20, she says, grant one of these two sons of mine, sit at your right and the other at your left. Jesus says, you don't know what you're asking. Here we go again, right? Jesus said, can you drink the cup I'm going to drink? We can, they answered. He said, again, you will drink from this. And then he goes on again. He said, uh, if you go down to verse 25, he says, same thing about the, the rulers, the Gentiles, Lord over people, but not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. Whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Here we go. It's just reiterated again, this time with a mom. All right. So we've got our story. And what a great story it is. And what an upside down philosophy this really is. So I want to unpack this. Let's just look at this, a few things here, a couple of observations. Number one, all these guys wanted to be first. They wanted to be recognized. They wanted to be with Jesus. They wanted to excel. They wanted to make a difference. 
I don't think Jesus is against us wanting to make a difference. I don't think Jesus is against us wanting to be great. Jesus was just showing us that there's a different way to being great in the kingdom of God versus being great in the kingdom of this world. There are two different value systems. Does that make sense? And so he's trying to get them to understand we don't operate in the world's ways any longer. It's okay, this observation of being great is great. They wanted to be first. They wanted to be recognized. I know that all of us in this place, right, most of us want some validation. We want to be recognized. We want to accomplish something. I don't think anybody in this place wakes up in the morning and says, man, I hope I can really be a failure today. I hope when I, uh, you know, go to my job that I get demoted or when I play sports that I don't even, I, I hope I get cut from the team today. I don't think any of us want that to happen. I think we all have this inner drive, like Marcus said, even this morning, we want to succeed. We want to strive to go forward. We want to accomplish something while we're here on this earth. We want to accomplish something today. We have this drive. And so all of them had the same drive. They were arguing about it, and even their mom wanted them to be first. Now, my mom, you know, she's probably right about this, but moms always think their sons are the best. And again, my mom's probably right, but, you know, <laughs> just kidding. Right? Moms just have a, you know, they just love unconditionally, most moms. They love regardless of the, the faults or the problems with their kids. They just love, right? Sometimes maybe they have a little extra pride in their sons. Sometimes they have some ignorance about what their sons are really doing. I'm the only one that knows what happened behind the scenes. I remember one time, <laughs> actually I remember quite a few times, my, my sister and I got into arguments or fights or stuff, and she would be the one getting in trouble as I was the instigator, but my mom didn't know. And so because, you know, I was the, son, I was the oldest son, and I was, there's nothing that Rich can do. Ask her. She's, Mom, I hope you're watching today. Thank you, Mom, for believing in me. Even when my sister, you know, just kidding. Moms believe, right? They have this insane thing with this mom. She wanted their, these, these sons of hers to be first. They, she wanted them to excel. And I think as, as parents, we want our kids to excel. We want them to make it. We want them to do something. So here we have this human nature coming in these scriptures of people wanting to rise up. Our mothers wanting us to rise up. And all this to rise up. But yet, yet at the same time, we have this opposition that God is, Jesus is saying, hey, if you want to be first, you must be last. This is upside down. This doesn't make any sense. You see, the disciples and the mother here missed Jesus' whole point. Because Jesus said that I didn't come to be served, you know, you can imagine the king of kings, lord of lords, God of the universe, creator of all things, comes down from heaven in the form of a man, makes himself available to humankind, and is on a mission to die on the cross to take our place as a ransom, as a ransom to take our place on the cross for our sins. And he could have come and said, hey, I am the king. 
you need to bow down and serve me. Was that Jesus' posture at all, ever, in the scriptures? We see that uh, sometimes with other people that don't deserve that recognition or that lordship. Like even some kings in the Old Testament or even these guys right now circumventing the other disciples saying, make me the Lord over these other disciples. We see it all through our world today. Hey, you guys should honor me. <laughs> Brings up another funny story. I remember one time we had, uh, can I go off sidetrack just for a second? I'll be quick, all right? We had uh, a youth service in the other side one time when we had uh, Syracuse tour here. There's probably a few hundred uh, kids in the other side. We had this, this band come in, and the kids didn't like them. <laughs> and nobody was paying attention to them. They were not good. <laughs> and uh, I don't know who brought them in, but um, I'm blind shifting. But um, they, they were playing and stuff. Nobody was paying attention. It was really bad. And the band got really upset. One of the guys of the band gets on the mic and starts saying, you got to honor me. you got to honor me. Here's these guys saying, you got to respect me. I'm the band member. I've got the mic. You need to shut up. Listen to me. But they didn't earn it, right? They, they, were, just a, they were a band that wasn't very good, and uh, the kids didn't really care for them, and it wasn't, we never had them back. I'll just say that. They didn't earn it. Here's Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, who earned us to bow down for him, yet he didn't come to be served, but rather to serve. They had it a little backwards, the disciples and the mom. They didn't re realize that, that being, first in the, what the, being first in the kingdom of God means. In fact, Jesus talks to them about this cup. Do you, are you able to take this cup? This cup sometimes in the, throughout the scriptures means blessing, but sometimes it means suffering. And the ki kingdom of God is built on suffering. In fact, Jesus would suffer horribly for us. And because of that suffering, because of what he did on the cross, he became Lord of Lord, King of Kings over all things. And God took his suffering and saved the world and made him Lord over all things because of it. Because of Jesus' suffering, you and I are saved, are ransomed. The kingdom of God is of suffering. It is of serving. It is of becoming lowly, not becoming high. Does that make sense? It's so counterintuitive, yet Jesus practiced it the best. And he tells us, if you want to be first, if you want to make it, then become a last and become servant of all. You see, when we suffer and when we go through trials and we, we take our place ourselves from that high place to that low place, when we humble ourselves, God is able to work in our lives. I remember many, many years ago, uh, I went through a horrific situation, and my heart was just so stressed and tense and crushed. And I remember being out, I was probably 18, 17, or maybe a little older. Anyway, I was out in the back of my parents' house, and my mom... <laughs> She came, and I'll never forget this. I was sitting on this swing, and she just came up behind me. It was at night, and she just wrapped her arms around me, and she said, Rich, I wish I could take this from you. I was younger. I hadn't gone through something this difficult in my life ever before. I was really broken. 
And I remember her just wanting to take this from me. And, you know, there's nothing that she could do to take it from me. But I also realized after that that if she would have taken it from me, I wouldn't have grown. You see, in, that, in those moments, in that moment, I learned instead of relying on myself that I need to learn how to rely on God. In that moment, I learned that my priorities were a little out of whack, that I had been worshiping other things and not Jesus, that my eyes were focused on other things instead of Jesus. In that moment, I was crushed and brought low, but in the process, at the same time, simultaneously, was being brought high because of Jesus and what he was doing in my heart. He was getting my priorities straight. He was helping me rely on him. He was teaching me how to forgive others when they didn't deserve it. You see, the kingdom of God is different than the kingdom of this world. They are counterintuitive to one another many, many times. In fact, most of the time. We have to decide as people, are we going to live for this world's kingdom or for the kingdom of God? And this is one of those scriptures that teaches us that if we want to live, live for God and the kingdom of God and build our treasures in heaven, we must learn to be servant of all. That we must learn to put ourselves low instead of high. You know, Jesus was the greatest example of this. In fact, these words, uh, low or uh, slave of all, is actually this, this Greek word called dulio, which means to bring to the bottom of pecking order. In other words, here comes Jesus. Let me just put it this way. As king of all, lord of lord, creator of all, made all man. And he brings himself from this high place in heaven and becomes the lowest of all. The one that's going to serve everyone, wash the disciples' feet, and die a gruesome death on the cross. He goes from, and nobody made him. He chooses to make himself low. And now he tells us, whoever wants to be first must do the same. Become servant, Julio, of all. Put yourself at the bottom of the pecking order. Not so with you. Whoever wants to be first must be last. Not so with you. What do you mean? I don't want you to be like the Roman leaders. I don't want you to be like the government officials. I don't want you to be operating like the world operates where they lord it over people. They exploit people. They use people to their own advantages because they're stronger than them, because they're in places of power, or maybe because they have more money, or maybe because they're cooler in school, or maybe because of whatever reason, and they pe put people lower, push them down to make themselves higher. And Jesus says, not so with you. Whoever wants to be greatest must be slave of all. In other words, you must come from this high place of, of authority, of, of being first, and come down and serve the very people that are in your circles. There's this interesting book that came out years ago, right, uh, from Jim Collins. What is that, Dan? Um, Good to Great. And he released a new book for social sectors. And he talked about how CEOs of companies of, that make lots of money are able to lord over people this way because they can use money 
And they can say, if you don't do this, you're not getting paid. If you do this, you're getting paid. And they use their resources to control and lead people. He's not necessarily saying it's a bad thing. But he's just saying that's the thing. That's how the world works. Then when he came out with the social sectors book, he realized that in the social sectors, you can't use that because in the social sector, in not-for-profits, you can't use money. Hey, we're going to pay you hundreds of thousands of dollars to come work at this church. That ain't happening. Nobody here gets paid hundreds of thousands of dollars. So you have to choose. Oh, I forgot. You have to use other ways and learn how to do things differently. And so he gets into this, how can you motivate people? How can you, how can you help people? And, G, and he kind of goes a little bit into what Jesus is talking about. And Jesus says, whoever wants to be first must be last and servant of all. And Jesus washed his disciples' feet and went to the cross. And that's what he's asking us to do. If you want to be first, be the best servant, be the best foot washer, be the best helper. Where, and let me just ask the question, how are you doing with this? Have you been striving to push yourself ahead of everybody else? Have you been scheming to find ways to outdo your neighbor or your coworker or your boss? Jesus says, not so with you. Whoever wants to be first must be last. Can I propose to you to try to put other people ahead of yourself? Can I ask you as a, the, the church of God to learn to serve others more than you would try to serve yourself? It says it like this in Philippians chapter 2. You can put that scripture up, Abby, if you've got it there. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above. Everybody say above. In humility, value others above yourselves. Can I ask, how are, you, how are we doing with this? As I hear a lot of people talking bad about other people. As if they're better than those other people. And isn't this just another exploitation? When we talk bad about other people, and we don't even know their circumstances, aren't we just trying to get ahead? And isn't this the very thing that Jesus is telling us not to do? And in this scripture it says, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. And your relationships with one another have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. What? Who, it goes on to say, being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. Here we go again. That same word, dealio. He made himself from high to low. That's what I'm proposing that we learn to do. From taking ourselves from a high place in our minds, in our actions, to a low place of, I'm going to serve. Instead of being first, let me see if I can help other people to get first. Instead of trying to um, get ahead of everybody else, let me see if I can help others to get ahead. Instead of trying to get everything, 
how can I give things? He go, it goes on in Philippians says that he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made into human likeness, and being found in appearance as man, he humbled himself by, by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, this is the icing on the cake here and the full message. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him this, the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Because Jesus made himself low, God says, I will make now everyone bow to him. Isn't that amazing? Whoever wants to be first must be last. We need to be concerned about lifting others up rather than ourselves. We need to be more concerned about pleasing God than our own desires. There's another good example in the scriptures besides Jesus. Jesus is the greatest example of this, obviously. But you guys remember a few, a month or so ago, I talked about Solomon. And Solomon became the king, and when he became the king, God asked him, hey, I'll give you anything you want. And because Solomon, uh, his heart was good at this time, he said, God, I, I just want wisdom to rule your people. He was thinking about being the servant of all the best king that he could be in God's eyes to help God's people. And God says, because you didn't ask for riches or treasures or, uh, you know, palaces, all these things and all these things, I'm not only going to make you the most wise person, I'm going to give you all these other things as well. See, when we choose to serve and make ourselves, humble ourselves and come low, and love others, and put others above us, come under others, not think ourselves greater than others, but come below others, lift others up, God then comes below us, serves us, and lifts us up. God, we just thank you for your love for us. God, we ask that you would help us in these matters. We thank you that you are the greatest example, that you, Jesus, came to earth to take our place, that you became low. God, I pray that you would help us. God, instead of striving to be first, instead of striving to always outdo everyone else, God, that we would learn to come and serve other people, that we would come and love other people. I want to give you a couple of just how-tos. Can I do that just real quick? How can we do this? How do we, how, how, what does this look like in, in, the, in the practical? Well, we can't do this without God's help. So if we're not spending time with God, obviously that has to start there. The other thing I want to just encourage is to start giving to other countries. <laughs> Wake, that'll wake us up. <laughs> Another thing, you know, psychiatrists would tell people that are in depression. Maybe some of you guys are 
in a rough place or dealing with depression and stuff, they would help people that are dealing with depression. One of the things to do to get out of it is go serve somewhere. Go to a, um, a, a um, food bank or to like something like the rescue mission or homeless shelter and go serve others. Now, whether you are dealing with depression or anxiety or anything like that, God would have us to give, period. We need to learn to give to others, whether it's giving of our time, our gifts, our energy, and our resources, our, our tithing, our, our, our money. When we do that, we lift others up. We come low. We say, you know what, I know I would rather use this time or these resources to um, further my benefit or benefit me, <laughs> but instead... I am going to go low and serve others by giving my time to serve other people's vision, to my time to serve other people in need, or my money to help others that may need it as well, besides me. It's a key way to come low. Love others and hold them in higher esteem, esteem than yourself. I don't think... God likes it when we talk bad about other people, the very other people that he made. Especially when we do it because we're just trying to make ourselves feel better about a situation. Maybe we ought to come under them and, and learn how to serve other people, lift other people higher instead of trying to push people down. Maybe um, serving God's plan and trying to build his kingdom is more important than building our own. What do you think? Each of you guys have talents. You're part of a body. You have an opportunity to use those talents for his glory, to build the kingdom of God. Or you can spend your time building your own kingdom. That won't last. <laughs> Another uh, opportunity, we used to do this in the youth group, called, we call them random acts of kindness. Where we just find, you know, try to do this, you know, on a daily basis eventually, but maybe try once a week uh, to start, is just to find a way that you can show kindness to somebody. You know, they do this in the world sometimes where they'll, you know, they call pay it back. You know, I read somewhere this week that... Um, uh, on somewhere social media says, hey, whoever returned my wallet, thank you so much. I already paid somebody back, you know, by doing this and this. <laughs> and so um, we can do random acts of kindness where we just show love to other people by whether it is, you know, supporting them financially or whether it is saying a kind word to somebody, even a stranger and saying, hey, I just want you to know, man, you just are full, you look full of joy or, you know, if they don't, don't say you look not full of joy, but, you know, like, uh, you know, Find different ways to show kindness to people, to lift other people up, to exhort one another. All right. Upside down kingdom. Isn't it awesome we live in the kingdom of God rather than the kingdom of this world that's perishing? We have the opportunity to serve God. And I love that we come together. What a great time together we had today with worship. And I love the staff here and how much... Uh, they love you guys, and they're serving, 
and you guys come and, and, and worship Jesus. It's just awesome to be in the house of the Lord and push the kingdom of God forward. Amen? Amen. I got to, I got to spend some time with Fanny and Prasanna, our pastors in India. And, man, they're doing the same thing on that side of the world. And so is Tony in China and, and the churches we have in um, Sri Lanka now. And we just keep pushing uh, the kingdom of God forward. Isn't that awesome? To be able to just keep telling people about Jesus. I want to just encourage you, keep serving. Keep giving. Keep loving. Keep serving. Keep loving. It's awesome to be in the kingdom of God. Well, I want to pray. If, if you're here today and you don't, aren't in the kingdom of God, maybe you've never received what we talked about, what Jesus did. Maybe you never received it for yourself. But Jesus came, like we've said, I've said already, from heaven to earth, made himself a human, became low to serve us and to give his life as a ransom, to take our place, to pay for the sins that we've done. And if you're here today and you've never received what Jesus did for you, it's as simple as just saying, Jesus, I believe in what you did and I receive your forgiveness. And then you start getting to know him and building a relationship with him. He loves you. He has a purpose for your life. He wants to know you. He wants you to know him. Not just know about him, but to really know him. And so if that's you here in this place, would you just all bow your heads and close your eyes again? You're here in this place, and that's you, and you say, you know what? I need to get my life right with Jesus Christ. I want to receive what he did on the cross for me. With everybody's eyes closed and heads bowed, would you just lift your hand just so I can see it? Say, you know what? I need to get things right with him. You might want you to say this prayer with me all around this place. Say, Lord Jesus, I need you. I thank you that you took my place, that you chose to come. Isn't that cool? You chose to come. Jesus came. He came to save us. So say this. Say, God, thank you that you came to save me, that you died on the cross, took my place, all the sins I committed. Forgive me. Make me clean. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you said that prayer, Jesus came and washed all your sins away so that now you can have a right relationship with him again. If, that, if that's the first time you prayed that or you're recommitting your life to God, please reach out to us. You can text us at the 315-444-2100. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to help you take next steps. You can talk to somebody in the back, talk to me after service. I'd love to meet you. God has great plans and future for you. God bless. Thank you again for checking out this message. If you would like help taking your first steps on your faith journey, you can text the number 315-444-2100 and include the word Jesus in your text. We're going to follow up with you and help you get started. God bless you and thank you again.